0: Lagos, Nigeria. The government's decision to exchange banknotes led to a cash shortage and new banknotes were printed in insufficient quantities. The implementation of the Inera, the country's CBDC, has not been embraced by the population. Millions of people found themselves cut off from cash, sparking nationwide protests. But what exactly is a CBDC? In this second episode of the podcast, we're going to embark on a journey through the complex and often controversial realm of central bank digital currencies, also known as CBDCs. Could CBDCs pose a threat to our financial freedom? And what can we do to protect ourselves in this rapidly evolving landscape? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to the Global Citizen Podcast, where we explore the intersection of financial freedom personal liberty, and the power of individualism. Join us as we discuss ways to minimize taxes, navigate global regulations, and reclaim your freedom. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. So what exactly is a CBDC? Well, CBDCs are digital forms of a country's fiat currency, issued and controlled by the central bank. They serve as a digital equivalent of traditional banknotes and coins, but unlike physical currency, they exist purely in electronic form. It's important to clarify the distinction between CBDCs and cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin or Ethereum, as they are not the same. Cryptocurrencies operate on decentralized networks and are not issued or controlled by any central authority. Unfortunately, some people tend to confuse or even intentionally mislead others by comparing CBDCs to cryptocurrencies. But we must keep in mind that they are fundamentally different in terms of governance and underlying technology. Central banks play a crucial role in the creation and distribution of CBDCs. They are responsible for issuing the digital currency, maintaining its stability and ensuring its adoption within the financial system. As the issuer of a CBDC, the central bank is also responsible for controlling the supply of the digital currency and managing any risks associated with its implementation, such as financial stability and cybersecurity concerns. So how do CBDCs actually work? CBDCs operate within a digital framework that allows for the secure and efficient transfer of funds between parties. Each CBDC unit is essentially a digital token which can be held and transacted in digital wallets or accounts. These wallets or accounts can be managed either by the central bank itself or by authorized financial institutions. Transactions involving CBDCs are recorded on a digital ledger which could be either centralized or decentralized depending on the specific design chosen by the central bank. As we continue our exploration of central bank digital currencies Let's take a closer look at the history of CBDCs in Nigeria, focusing on the ANERA. Nigeria's central bank, the Central Bank of Nigeria, CBN, officially launched the ANARA in October 2021, making Nigeria one of the first countries in Africa to adopt a digital currency. The CBN's motivations for implementing the Inera included the potential to increase financial inclusion, reduce the cost of transactions, and enhance the efficiency of the country's payment systems. However, the rollout of the Inera was met with several challenges. Technical difficulties, skepticism from the public, and a lack of proper infrastructure for the smooth operation of the digital currency hindered its acceptance by the Nigerian population. The rise of CBDC. The global trend towards CBDC is undeniable, with numerous countries exploring the development and implementation of their own digital currencies. Some of the countries leading the CBDC race include China, which has been testing its digital currency electronic payment system and the European Central Bank, which has announced its plans to develop a digital euro. The motivations behind the adoption of CBDCs vary between countries. Some of the key factors driving this trend include improving financial inclusion, enhancing the efficiency of payment systems, reducing transaction costs, and fostering innovation in the financial sector. However, the rise of cryptocurrencies and the increasing shift towards digital payments have also played a significant role in pushing central banks to explore CBDCs. Despite the potential benefits of CBDCs, there are also several concerns and risks that must be addressed. It's important to discuss some of the main dangers associated with CBDCs. Privacy concerns and state surveillance. One major concern is the potential for state surveillance and the erosion of privacy. As CBDC transactions can be easily tracked and monitored, this could lead to a loss of financial privacy and increased state surveillance. Risk of financial exclusion. While CBDCs could help improve financial inclusion, there is also the risk of further excluding certain segments of the population. People without access to digital devices or the internet could be left behind in a digital currency-driven financial system lastly the implementation of cbdc could lead to an increase in central bank control over the financial system this may have implications for monetary policy financial stability and personal freedom as central banks could potentially exercise greater control over individual transactions and even restrict access to funds cbdc's versus cryptocurrencies cbdc's as we've discussed are digital currencies issued and regulated by central banks They are centralized, meaning that they are governed by a single authority and their value is typically tied to a nation's currency. On the other hand, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum are decentralized and operate on a peer-to-peer network using blockchain technology. Although some argue that CBDCs offer a few potential benefits, it's difficult to identify any major advantages, especially from a libertarian perspective. Let's take a look at the benefits that are often mentioned. Improving Financial Inclusion CBDCs are said to help bring more people into the formal financial system, particularly in developing countries, by providing a low-cost, easily accessible form of digital money. However, this potential benefit is quickly overshadowed by the risks associated with increased government control, central blocking of accounts, and the potential misuse of CBDCs in the hands of authoritarian regimes. Now, let's consider a scenario where an authoritarian government has control over a CBDC system. Imagine a situation where the government doesn't like what people are saying or expressing their opinions, and as a result, they decide to block or freeze their accounts. This would be a direct infringement on individual freedom and could easily be used to silence dissenting voices. Furthermore, imagine if the government could dictate how you spend your money by centrally blocking certain categories of products or services. This could be used to control the market, favor certain industries or even impose personal beliefs and values on the entire population. In a CBDC system, fees and taxes could also be automatically deducted from people's accounts without any chance for fair tax advice or negotiation. This could lead to unfair taxation practices and even more government control over individual finances. These scenarios paint a concerning picture of what life could be like under a CBDC system controlled by an authoritarian regime. The potential for abuse of power, surveillance, and control over personal finances is immense. And it's crucial to consider these risks when weighing the potential benefits and drawbacks of CBDCs. Ultimately, the potential benefits of CBDCs must be weighed against the risks and implications of increased government control and surveillance. From a libertarian standpoint, it's difficult to find any major advantages that would justify the potential loss of personal freedom and autonomy. As we wrap up our discussion on central bank digital currencies, it's essential to consider the broader implications and how fostering competition and innovation in the world of digital currencies is crucial. While CBDCs do offer some potential benefits, such as improving financial inclusion and increasing payment efficiency, we cannot overlook the significant risks and challenges. These include threats to personal freedom, privacy concerns, and the possibility of authoritarian governments using CBDCs as a tool for control and censorship. We must also consider the risk of algorithmic overzealousness. CBDC systems would likely use algorithms to monitor transactions and enforce rules, but these algorithms could end up being overly strict or misinterpreting legitimate transactions as suspicious, leading to unjust sanctions on individuals or businesses. In a CBDC-dominated world, the potential lack of innovation is another concern. Centralized CBDC might not provide the same level of innovation, competition, and user-driven development as decentralized cryptocurrencies, as the central banks could limit the adoption of new technologies or features. To avoid these negative consequences, it's essential to encourage competition and innovation in the digital currency space. By supporting a diverse ecosystem of digital currencies, including both CBDC and cryptocurrencies, we can promote more resilient, innovative, and inclusive financial systems. The future of money is uncertain. Will we see CBDCs, cryptocurrencies or a combination of both dominate the financial landscape? Only time will tell. As we continue our exploration of the complex world of digital currencies in future episodes, we invite our listeners to reflect on the points raised in this discussion and consider the implications for their own lives and societies. Together we can strive for a future where financial systems empower individuals, foster innovation. And uphold the values of personal freedom and independence. You've been listening to the Global Citizen Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. This show was produced by Danny Lucas, and I'm your host, Elliot Vance. Until next time, goodbye.